0: Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the Year Round Carnival
1: with Vince O'Cardy and your host, Racetrack Rolfie.
0: G'day, thanks for tuning in to our Year Round Carnival podcast each and every Monday via Vince O'Cardy's daily sectionals IVR platform. We have a look at where the best racing was and what horses actually did on the clock. G'day, Vince. Ralphie, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, mate. Good to see some good quality horses returning over the last four days. So I'm including Sandown last Thursday. So we'll uh, we'll pick out some of the highlights there. But we'll mm-hmm. start with Rose Hill. How did Rose Hill play to your eye? Rose Hill. I'm hoping it played good, of course. <laughs> Officially ranked slower to start off the day, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's have a look at that, Ralphie. Looks like a nice spread of winners in on your uh, race speed profiles that you put out Saturday morning. You, you do like that rail placement or where they put it?
1: Yes, I do. It's, it, it's it's important, of course, that like many other things on the day, it does play a big role. But overall, Rose Hill, when I look at the breakdown of how each of the s- sections played, there's no question the track, in my view, was definitely considered to be in the good range overall perhaps you know to the 800 meters early in the day I got to take away race one Ralph if you if you take away the the first race and the very last race in the card which were heavily biased to deliberate speed control the reality is I felt that that track overall was almost in line with everything bar the last 200 meters and that's rubber stamp G4, and the last 200 metres. I, I almost marked that G3, and probably a lot had to do with the lanes they were getting into.
0: We'll, we'll pick through some of the highlights in, in the order as the, of which they ran. So we'll start with race two, the Canterbury Stakes. Red resistance has turned over the odds-on favourite King's Gambit. Now, King's Gambit was a dollar twenty-eight. This is what we wrote about him on his debut at Caulfield Guineas Day, which was this is uh, it was point four links above benchmark. Ranked right nineteenth of the day, Caulfield Guineas Day. This was a serious debut. While the ease of the win and big margin obviously look good, the data underlined the substance. Minus 0.5, of the eight hundred still can lead. Minus one point five mid race means a sl- small slowdown for 0.1 last 400, second best last 800 and 600 of the day, the fifth best last 200, underline the excellent sustained nature of the close. Vince, we rarely see that in spring in Melbourne, but we saw it. I think our conclusion was the Snowdens took it down to avoid wet tracks. He's resumed. He's really disappointed the market. Uh, what did the clock say? Is it forgivable? And or did red resistance turn up with a very good performance?
1: Okay. You're saying whether, it, yeah. Well, I felt There's a, the, the highlights is this. Overall performance, red resistance 0.1 below, King's Gambit 1.2, Shinzo minus 1.8. That were the three highlights out of that race, even though it's only a five-horse field. Yep. As far as the speed goes, King's Gambit 3.1 lengths below benchmark through the first section, a couple of lengths slower than the actual lead speed, which is... You know, going 1.2 lengths below benchmarks, that, that's a good speed, Ralphie, for young horses, 1,100 metres. Of course, it's not red hot. The big key here was there was real, really no move in the mid-race. And red resistance, I'm not going to say slow, but pretty much just maintained that speed. And it was all about the last 400-metre kickdown. King's Gambit just built into the race. Improved the speed between the eight and the the 400 by about 1.6 lengths and then had the big finish over the last 400 with a plus 4.4. Giving a few signals, number one, going to thrive on more distance. Can obviously be a horse that can relax very well, which is very, very important. And then I look at the sustained speed for the day. Both those horses, overall last thousand, managed to get in the top 10 for the day, which I whilst it wasn't like a red-hot card day, that's a very, very solid sign when you compare against all the open-class horses on the day or a number of horses that are a lot more racing about where things really at.
0: Personally, I would take both those runs as being solid. So to start with Red Resistance, in its debut win, and we're actually going to get to the horse that that uh, is, is another one that can tie into some form there, but with Red Resistance, Big slowdown on a, on debut, yes. So that's probably smothered the, the time. So minus three point five overall, but it went slow and slower. So it only had a four hundred meter dash home um, when it did win.
1: For sure, that that was a uh, a big impact. The reality is this: if you look at the the only other other than come out since then, which was Steel City and broke benchmark. Yeah, that gives you the inside of where these horses. And mind you, you, know, I'm taking a position here that I don't believe even Red Resistance was ridden to its most economical fashion and, and it didn't also get an opportunity to put down its best overall performance. And both these horses got a lot more to give.
0: So Kings Gambit, the the, the Golden Slippers on uh, March 18. Snowden's a grand final trainer, let's face it. Um, should you be disappointed from a pure perspective of grand final day is March 18? Oh, absolutely not.
1: No. Right. The only thing you'd have to think about is, is one horse going to trend better towards
0: a longer distance than the other? Yes. That's all. All right. Well, let's flip, flip, flip to the fillies and the wind stakes. And that's what I said, that Steel City was the horse who ran second to red resistance. It also copped a down that day. It's also, it's come out and run second here <laughs> to learning to fly. Vince, this seems like a pretty good debut from this filly.
1: Well, there's no question. Still City was the, the the whole benchmark around it in terms of profiling about where it's at. I look at the first section, learning to fly, gone benchmark first section, round around 1.2 lengths quicker than the other trial. Still City 3 2.6 below benchmark. Very very si- similar to King's Gambit in the mid race. What was really interesting, there was a lot more pressure applied in the mid-race, like Learn to Fly has actually increased the pace. They're going above benchmark, like 1.1. And then overall last 400 metres was a 2.1. But I do note between the 600 metre mark and the 400 metre mark, there was a little bit of speed reduction. This is negotiating the bend, getting into the right lanes. They probably lost about a length of velocities. So for me, that's pretty important about when you look to apply what would be the likely trend pattern for this type of horse and I can't say the same for Seal City even though there was a a little bit it was a little bit of a slowing the reality is it was all above benchmark but their last 200 meters for both horses was very very powerful and I can't ignore the fact that when I look at the overall last thousand, and and this is what I'm looking at, I'm just looking at sustained speed, the way they maintain their velocity and pressure about how well you're going to be able to step up and handle, say, 1,200 metres or further. They were sort of top two, three for the whole day. I like that, Ralphie. And then Still City, you know, the squeeze was significantly more than the winner as well. And I I don't want to preclude this other horse either Ralphie, a horse court yeah
0: <laughs> mumbai moves yeah. freeman the freemans have hit all three stables now they're all on point yeah wow staples, that was reasons, hey? yeah,
1: that was super powerful when i look at the overall effort there <laughs> 5.1 below benchmark Too soft through that first section, but the move in the mid-race, 7.8 length squeeze, Ralphie, for a young horse, for a filly, was excellent. And then have a look at the sustain finished overall, plus 2.9. That also had a lot of merit. Yes, it does sit behind the other two because the loss of, you know, that you don't have that early speed, but it looks like a big improver as well.
0: It's learning to fly is in the English Millennium in two weeks' time. Uh, or not, so it isn't completely entered, but uh, they said they might look at it. And then I've looked at the conditions. The the winners, now I know part of it's cool board, but there's other owners who well, they get a Maserati if they win. <laughs> or Maybe it might be a Ferrari. It's one of those ridiculous cars because it's the first one by this sire. St- so if they win that English Millennium, I reckon they'll be going there, but <laughs>
1: well, they, they must be sitting down working out. Look, I need a Maserati. How do I get one?
0: Yeah. Well, you got a four-legged one. You may as well get a four-wheeled one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. They said, well, we've got a horse. It's called Learning to Fly. Maybe that's our winner. Well, so, why not? I mean.
0: There's a little tip there for the punters because I think as much as $8 <laughs> is around for it because I uh, reckon they'll be going there. So what you're saying is this was an excellent effort, the bottom line.
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, I, and I actually, overall summary for both the youngsters, it's really, really encouraging, Ralphie. And this is the sort of things we need to be seeing. We need to be seeing horses breaking benchmark young horses that have got ability. Now, mind you, again, you know, I, I look at horses like Vancouver as a, you know, in the recent decade, right, yep. as a good line of fit for youngsters. You know, they still got a way to go to, to trend to that line, but it's just encouraging to see that you're not like 10 lengths off it, you're only like five lengths off it, which is good.
0: Well, what we've got a recent comparison with, as far as this crop, is that these were significantly stronger than the Magic Millions at yes, the Gold Coast. So absolutely. There's one starting point for, uh, for punters yep. to compare. Um, in race seven, uh, it's just a handicap, but uh, I want to ask you about Spacewalk because there's a horse who's always shown a bit of promise. It resumed gelded, uh, luckless run. This time, Reese Jones, good on him, took luck out of the equation and it looks like a nice performance on the clock too.
1: Nice. Bit of an yep. understatement there from you, Ralphie. <laughs> nice. I loved it you have a look at it 0.9 below benchmark going almost benchmark through the first 400 meters sensational move between the eight and the 400 meters like 5.1 lengths above benchmark almost a six lengths mid-race squeeze bit of a taper at the end over the last 400 meters when you compare it to the mid-race move but the reality is you have a look at between the four and the 200 the horse lost one just over a length yep and still rebound with above benchmark last 200 meters Of course, you have to factor some of that about the lanes, but it wasn't, like, crazy because some horses won, like, I think, in lane 16. So I I just looked at this and said, how strong was this? And it was plus 1.4. Mind you, not the best on the day, but, like, right up there
0: and never really looked like it was going to get beaten either, Ralphie. No, some more to come there. The yep. expressway was the feature group too. Now, this is very interesting. This So uh, a fortnight back, Maria Mia, best of the day. Now, if you get best of the day, you get sent this to our, our members. So we put it up on Sizzlers, which is all the horses we like going forward, but best of the day from Melbourne and Sydney we send to our members uh, as a thank you for your support. So Maria and Mia, everyone got emailed this. 0.5 lengths above benchmark ranks, best of the day. Speck in the market first up, second prep Joe Pride and came to play despite the narrow victory, given it was the best of the day. Minus 2.3 800, 0.1 mid race, 2.5 last 400, all of that over the last 200. Best last thousand of the day gives context, a sustained chase. She turned up fit. Has an all time PB of 3.3 at Mooney Valley 2021. While that run is probably an outlier, she's got to for further improvement this run. Another stakes race before the elite sprinters return is in her scope. Well, Vince, how good's this bloke? This has reminded me of Eduardo. Got it from a small trainer in Victoria. The horse had shown some talent. Come to his staples, an older horse, and just, yeah, just shot through the roof.
1: Shot through the roof, all right. And, oh, look, really, the first and second horses, they both did sensational. But if we're just looking firstly at Maria Mia, outstanding. Outstanding. It has come back. Without a question, in my view, a superior horse, and you touched on, you know, like that 3.3 might be a bit of an outlier, right? This is the one you're looking at at Mooney Valley back in 2021. Yep. And it's come out here and turned up and run 4.1. <laughs> so it's a and, PB as a six-year-old Yeah, man. and I want to preface this as well, Ralphie. I probably spent a genuine this is after doing all the adjustments, like just going back and spending an additional sort of 10 minutes on this race and this particular runner to really, how do I put it? Like the last thing I want to do is overscore a runner. That's, that's the first thing Yeah, because it's going to have an impact potential on your back pocket. If you get it wrong and to what degree now, whilst it's not, this is not a perfect science, anything that we do in this game, because there's so many fluid moving parts, the reality is, it's one of only two races where I didn't give any upward adjustments. All the rest got s- significant adjustments. And I couldn't I couldn't score the track any faster in terms of adjustments. I ended up with a 3.76. That could have been potentially like a half length too much, but I just couldn't justify. So I, I, that's where I, I pinned it in the end. And the worst I could have done, like absolute worst, not justified, by the way. I could have given this horse a one-length penalty, but the reality is it wasn't it wasn't justified because ultimately it probably was entitled to a bonus if I look at the rest of the card and the way this horse performed. So this was a very, very real performance, is what I'm trying to point out. And then how I pinned it, Ralph, is I looked at Golden Mile and it's returned 1.8. That was an unbelievable first up run. <laughs> exactly unbelievable. So look out for where this horse is trending, this campaign as well. So I'm really, really excited about where both these horses are going. Yes, Forbidden Love was another runner that trialled like sensationally, but obviously there was no love for it, so they must have known something was right, and it pulled up, you know, was it four out of five lame? They've retired it, actually. It's sad because the way the horse trialled, very few horses like that get beaten. Right. But there you go. Things happen.
0: So just for context, if you're picking up the IVR sort of um, lingo of what, what we do here, uh, 4.1, that's borderline Group 1 performances. I mean, we, we see Sankster winners and Goodwood Handicap winners and various other sort of, if I could call them second tier Group 1s, uh, often they don't run 4.1. So that's how good this performance was, Vince. Well,
1: this is the sort of horse, I know it's six-year-old me. I... You know, how could you be talking about Everest and things like that? But this this horse profile is like amazing,
0: Rolfing. Well, well, actually, come come Spring Carnival. That's that's actually a fair fair comparison. It's virtually the same as Bella Nipotina, who didn't go to the Everest but won the Manicato. Yeah. So that gives, that gives our listeners a fair line there. Here's another one I want to put there. To so Bold boldback wins, uh, wins race nine. Yes, it's sort of second favourite. Uh, it was a good performance. But you've said something in the past, that it resonated here, Vince. When it won, it won its first start for Chris Waller, ex-New Zealand, and then it tapered. This time in, it's built. So you've said before what Chris Waller likes doing with these recruits. Let's see what I've got under the bonnet. He did this with Nature Strip. Yes. He did it with Arcadia Queen, who then didn't go on, but what – and this is where I remember you saying it. So he likes doing this one thing to look for with his recruits. If they're in the market, generally they come into play, but he's, his general stock in trade is built into a prep. Yes, absolutely. So what's his horse done?
1: Yeah, well, he's turned up and gone 1.3, top four for the day. You look at the breakdown of the structure, it was superb, really. I mean, energy efficiency was brilliant. Went 3.3 lengths below benchmark first section, 0.7 above between the 8 and the 400. Good, modest squeeze. Last 400 metres, outstanding, plus 5.1. And really doing exactly what Mr. Waller loves doing. He primed this horse
0: right up and it was sensational. No, no no doubt at all so uh, that, that's as far as Rose Hill's concerned did ask uh, our uh, our members I always send out a little email on the uh, on the on the Sunday if any of our members want to ask something so if we go back to the spacewalks race Steve's asked of a question in, in his race Sam Clipperton on Dehorn unicorn was outside the leader after a few hundred metres, seemingly in a perfect position, keeping Spacewalk three wide, no cover. Sam then pressed on injecting a lot of speed in the race, allowing Spacewalk to get the gun run. Do you think Sam made the decision, got Spacewalk home? Well, I suppose let, let's let's make it even easier. Did, uh, w- did Sam clip it and do the right thing or the wrong thing? Did he overdo the speed on d and Unicorn early? Did he overdo the speed? So this is in race seven. Well, well, let's look at the first section, right? And we look at the
1: profile of the horse. Usually... It's the best guide. 0.7 above benchmark. Okay, there was a couple of performances back in time. We've got to go all the way back to Gosford. Back in November 21, went 1.3 above first section. That was 1,200 metres. There was also performance at Hawks, which was over over 1,000 metres, and that was 0.6 above. So the first step is, was that over the top? Absolutely not. Now, is that faster than its more recent type of profiling? Yes, right? Absolutely. But then I look at the mid-race. The move in the mid-race is where this horse came apart, Ralphie. The extension of 3.2 lengths above, which is very, very modest, right? It couldn't match what some of the others did. See, that's the thing. See, spacewalks don't like, it's only traveling a length below, right? So it's within two lengths. Yeah. But the move in the mid race is where this horse fell apart. It couldn't cope with that move off that race shape. Now, in terms of this horse, when you look at when you have to move around three, three and a half lengths above benchmark, and I look at the history of this horse, the horse does have a pattern. Have been able to reach that type of move in the mid race, and in some cases, it's done slight. It's done more than that in terms of speed, but it started off a lot slower first section. All and right, that's where the horse came apart. He couldn't cope with that.
0: Well, you're in Steve's good books anyway, because you got you, you got your uh, your race speed profiles, and uh, you put Eaton in the first <laughs> in the first leg bids at sixty one dollars. There were some insane prices at Mooney Valley on Saturday.
1: Oh, are we going to Mooney Valley now?
0: We're going to oh, Mooney Valley, yeah, Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, realistically, you
1: couldn't give Eaton no chance in that field. No way. It's not well, possible. So-
0: Talk about the phrase "everything's got a price." That was one. There's another that I'll get to, but just uh, how did Moony Valley play overall? There was it, it started off as a soft uh, track because they, they made no secret they put lots of water on it due to the very hot conditions. Um, it did seem look scanning your data here, Vince, that uh, that the track did uh, start off uh, on, a bit on that soft range. Okay. Yeah. Well, these are just slow horses. Early. Well, firstly,
1: <laughs> well, the key is this: if we Pull away that 2040 rate, which is a deliberate speed adjustment, right? Yep. The day, and if I pull away the very last race, let's say that was, you know, they went with real intention, the average came out at 0.23 above. How does that rate to the last 200 meters of the course? About two lengths slower. But it still means the track wasn't worse than G4.
0: Yep. Oh, so, it's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, realistically, G4 confident. And the last 200 metres was probably right at the outer edge of G4, borderline G3. Uh,
0: let's have a look at the Australia Stakes, which was the feature there. Your race speed profiles, and I, I, I didn't have a firm opinion other than I thought it was a race in three. And Jigsaw, the one question was, did it run out 1,200? Well, at Mooney Valley, that's going to be your chance. And you really underlined this. You said, uh, return an outstanding order in November, 2.5 links above benchmark to win over a 1,000 at Cranbourne. Frankie's form second up, second best of the day, 1.1 above Caulfield. He made it three in a row. Boxing A stand out post, a modest 2.9 below IVR benchmark overall up to 1,100. While his best figures are at 1,000, he has a 0.7 above benchmark to his name at 11.35. He's also a much stronger horse this time in. Racing pattern will be favoured at Mooney Valley. He commands respect. Vince, watching this, I thought uh, 10 out of 10, Daniel Moore putting pressure on Snapper, making horses behind him tired.
1: He was never going to get beaten in the end, was it?
0: And it was the...
1: Here it is. You're going quickly. Increase the pace between the 8 and the 400. means everybody else behind you you know, with the exception of snapper who's right next to you, right? Yep. Have to dramatically lift. And what's that do? It tanks them out late. Yes. Here's the evidence. Look at the last 200 metres. Nobody, not one (laughs) runner could out-sprint the winner. That's how well the horse drove. But this, this is not only is it a top ride, but it's a great, you know, obviously fantastic from a training point of view as well, you know, where the horse is in terms of fitness and really, really came to its absolute top and managed to, get a new PB, which is, you know, I think it's fantastic. The, the big key is now, you know, can the horse take the next step
0: or is this the peak for the campaign? One of many things I've picked up since studying with your data, Vince, was when good jockeys are swinging off horses, often the horse actually is going at its fastest. You're thinking, why aren't you letting it go quicker but actually, you are at your peak, and, and in that respect, I, I, I lead to Turath. I thought of the home turn. Well, Damien Lane's swinging on this. But actually, what it was is he knows that that horse has got no much, not much more to give, and yep. it's peaked on it's run fitness-wise. I can't help thinking that this mare's in for a terrific campaign because, re- really, you know, as you underline your race speed profiles, Jigsaw's fit was in the zone as a fast horse, and Turath was first up.
1: Yeah, beautiful, and it was a and it was a superb run too, Ralphie. Overall, yeah. love the move in the mid race. You know, not uh, overly taxed through the first section, but enough to keep the horse very honest. You know, travelling just below benchmark. That's that's a good, good, genuine speed for this horse. And there was a bottoming me out over the last 200 metres. I'd
0: say overall the horse lost about a length in conditioning, you know, a good solid length, but, yeah, sound return. I want to get to sound now, but before we do, just uh, your book ended the day, Vince, and uh, I'm high-fiving it here because I at home too. How was Ramble Re- Rambler Rebel $26 at Moody Valley on a track where if you're up front, you're going to be a chance? Hard to say. <laughs> it was just insane. The market just didn't want to trust. I, I assume, because it was $61 when it won two starts back, everyone just looked at the SP, what they didn't look at was the clock, and what he did on the day was pretty good. Well, Ralphie, maybe they do look at the clock, but perhaps maybe the way that the
1: tools bring back the indications might not be as, uh, as good as what they could be, and perhaps right. this is where we got the advantage. Because realistically, I mean, you knew, firstly, you look at going into the race, there was only... A small number of horses, like four, or five horses, that had the you know, in the last year that have broken benchmark, that's yep. step one. So straight away, when you talk about the twenty six dollars, if this horse meets that top four, how on earth can it be that you know you would? All right, I'm not saying let's make it uh, you know three dollars, but you'd no. say that worst case scenario if you if you got a pencil out, right? I'm not they use them these days, right? You wanted to score <laughs> it, it's uh, maybe ten. $10, you know, like, and that's been, you know, that's been super generous. And it was probably more realistic, like $6, right? And yeah, so I get it. So that was one that was well and truly over the odds. But the big plus here is this. They used everything in their favor in terms of asset. The lead-in run, plus 5.6 first section here, it turned out and went plus 6.8. It put everybody out of business through the first section.
0: Well, worst fault. Is running benchmark, it's it's not used to going that speed. And the one thing you knew, data aside, which we don't put aside, but data aside, worst fault is a big closer suited to Sandown, suited to Flemington. Mooney Valley is a different kettle of fish.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And you got this challenge when you use so much fuel through the first section. And you, that's where the this is my true belief about where how you utilize handicapping. Once they're running, then you can do proper handicapping. Yep. And You're giving the leader seven lengths head start. Good luck. Good luck. Exactly.
0: Yep. All right. Let's have a look at Sandown. There's a bit of quality there on on Australia Day, uh, which we're very very delighted to uh, to see. After uh, after well, let's let's face it, in Melbourne, there's been some pretty modest racing with low benchmarks in in city races, but there was some good quality there. I'll start off by asking about Star Patrol. This is a horse uh, uh, our head rolled off when it won by seven lengths on Anzac Day last year? And um, without looking it up, I know I know we said this was a horse that already had Group One potential on on what it did what clearly is the case with its profile is it needs firm ground. And it got that on Saturday. It's probably not a thousand metre horse, but it was too good under those circumstances.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess the way I'm looking at it is 0.3 overall above benchmark. Yep. It's good, right? But it was top 10. So it just sort of gives me the signal hard to run time on the day. Yep. So therefore we're going to add good merit to that. And yes, Fantastic for all those that would have uh, backed it, and it was very
0: solid overall for a thousand meters. Yeah, second Probably best like last eight hundred six hundred yeah. of the day. So uh, that's it there. Though um, Jack and O's got got me very excited. Vincent, there's a horse again. We put put the huge stamp on it. Of outstanding, beating uh, beating in secret in the Golden e- uh, Golden Rose uh, rather last spring um, over fourteen hundred meters. It's returned at thirteen hundred meters. Got a bit soft in the market late, and I think that's just purely because A, first up, and B, we know he hasn't got a lot of uh, tactical speeds. He was always going to be about three back defense and it was heart-in-the-mouth stuff, but he's got the money here. What type of uh, performance has he done, and where's the trend? Well, returning a plus one, and then the big thing is you –
1: it peaked with a 3.8 in its campaign. The reality is I would say there's a strong possibility – that this horse has come back on the low one length better horse and probably on the high two and a half, but it's definitely at least a one length better horse. In other words, if you're looking at a trend line, say, okay, last campaign, your PB with a 3.8, you are now shaping up as a runner that can potentially no question run to the 3.8, but possibly go to as high as between five and six and a half. So this is, pretty stunning. The big key is going to be where they slot this horse distance wise. I love the fact that here they went 1,300 metres. The horse was able to control itself in terms of balance through the first half of the race. 3.6 lengths below benchmark is like a golden speed for this horse. So beautiful. Would have been breathing you know, very well, not overtaxing. The, even the exertion in the mid-race was well inside its wheelhouse, only 0.2 below benchmark. And then did exactly what you should be able to do if you're a good horse. Nice, solid finish and up the hill, right? 3.9 lengths above and got stronger. Now, when you look at horses that run fresh and you, you look at the with sp- splits and you say, okay, the data's all indicating very, very forward in condition. So how do you make an evaluation about where you increase its overall performance well okay we're looking at what the horse has done historically first up it's never run broken benchmark today it's come out and gone plus one and then we look at that first section what it what it's done now typically when i look at the footprint of this horse it's probably a benchmark to minus one first section type of a profile so therefore going two and a half lengths slower through the first section is is Further validation about how much this horse is going to improve in terms of its overall conditioning, not just
0: looking at the closing split. Well, it looks like first up, uh, sorry, second up <laughs> to the ore stakes in two weeks' time over 1400s, also at Sandown. And mm-hmm. uh, they're talking about the all star mile. So, what you're saying in a plus six uh, potential, uh, the all star mile is right in, the, right in its wheelhouse. Oh, I love it. And I'm so glad, and I don't blame them, Ralphie. I
1: mean, I know they had to go for that giant pot of gold. <laughs> yeah. at 1200. But I love the fact that they're sitting back and they're really looking at the fourteen,
0: sixteen hundred 1,600-meter type races because that's where the horse belongs. Lost all the speed out of its legs back yeah. to the Everest. And, and know, you outlined all that last Derby day. So that's a, that's a great sign of a big return. Um, we'll just finish by saying, gentlemen, Roy, fantastic. Best of the day, 2.9 lengths above benchmark. That's going to be a strong race going forward. And uh, he justified the market support, really high pressure in that race. Now, what we're going to finish with here is we send Group 1 members uh, often little bonus podcasts here. So if you hear about us, talk about it, but you haven't heard one, this is from late September last year. We discussed two horses. And now today on our Group 1 bonus, we're going to discuss a handy horse called Animo. We trialled last week. So you're going to get a little podcast if you're a Group 1 member. You don't have to do anything. We just email it to you. Also, we're going to have a bit of a look at the Blue Diamond previews. And I'm going to match it up with Barber because James Cummings has announced that Barber's going to come to the Melbourne... Uh, Blue Diamond rather than Golden Slipper, as far as staying in Sydney, it was probably going to the Golden Slipper afterwards. So, I'm going to do a little barber matchup with what we saw at Sandown in the previews. And also, what uh, what really raised my eyebrows was Peter Moody or via Catherine Coleman saying that I wish I win will be targeted at the new market. We discussed two horses. Looking forward, this is late September. It was Golden Mile into the Caulfield Guineas, and I wish I win. How good was its potential? Well, end ended up winning, of course, the Golden Eagle, and Golden Mile won the Caulfield Guineas. So to finish with on Year Round Carnival, there's our little bonus podcast from last September. If you want to get the bonus podcast now, just become a member via my website, racetrackrelvy.com.au. Click through the links. If you're a Group 1 member, you get this every Monday. All of Vince Accardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au. Let's have a look, more of a look, though, at the Golden Rose if I can, because you touched on something in the main podcast, and I, I want to just give some insight to our listeners here. Because how often do we see the Caulfield Guineas, the big field of colts? They, they're just out there, and they're, they're all wrestling. They want to go as fast as they can. So with a horse like Golden Mile, tell me more about how fast it went on Saturday and where that can lead it in the Caulfield Guineas.
1: Yeah, this, this was this was the surprise for me, Ralphie, about the the tactical speed that they chose, it, it just didn't appear, well, well let's, let's break it down. Here it is, 4.4 lengths above IVR benchmark first section. This is the speed the horse went at. And I go, okay, between the eight and the four, the horse is already weakening, Ralphie. Yep. It's, it's lost in excess of four lengths. And then last 200 metres, 400 metres overall, let's call it another length in yep. terms of velocity drop. But here's the thing. I look at this horse here, that's so out of pattern. So I don't understand why there was that strategy.
0: Okay, the horse so just, let me, let me yeah. butt in because <laughs> I'm always paranoid looking at the market. James Cummings has two runners. One, they truckload in secret, and that was its grand final, the Golden Rose.
1: Right.
0: Nice. Golden Mile, very soft in the market after a good performance, and the Caulfield Guineas is its grand final. If I wanted to peak in the Caulfield Guineas, I'd be going fast on Sunday.
1: Yes. Well, this is definitely going to get the horse absolutely hard. Because you have a look, first up, minus 3.7. Yep. Second up, minus 3.2. And now we've had a seven and a half lift lengths in shift range from those two runs. Like, that's how much faster the horse had to go, Ralphie. This is, um, you know, significant. And it will definitely bring the horse right to its top, no doubt about it.
0: All right, so a uh, little, little bit of insight there. And, and, and tell me more about I oh, wish I went on, on, on Sunday, um, 2.7. Where, where, where do you think it can genuinely project to now? Well,
1: it could have easily been a 3.3, 3.6,
0: 3.
1: maybe even a little bit more. Could have potentially got above four overall. But because of the 1,300 metres, I just know from the way we run the algorithms, Ralphie, and historically, it's just the dynamics of the way the races are run and the way the energy distribution flows, you can easily overscore, and I found myself many times in that trap of overscoring. What we can't deny is this, though, the first place to look when you want to get some insight on on a day as well, before adjustments, is just have a look at the raw. It's 9.2. That's (laughs) that's insane. I get very excited when I start seeing horses going to nines and tens. If it was 1,400 metres, where are they going with this horse?
0: Correct. Mile.
1: And then anything else after that?
0: Well, I think... think, uh there's that big That's champion's mile. The, 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 the champion's mile is now, uh, is now going to be huge money. And I, I, the other thing that i I probably just thinking of there is that, uh, is that as a four year old, he's, he's, he's eligible for the Golden Eagle, $1,500 in Rose Hill.
1: And how much money is that race?
0: Oh, $7.5 or something. <laughs>
1: is that more than the Cox plate?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: well, there you go. It's. Um... You just answered a few questions for me <laughs> because I, I was looking at this. I was actually looking at it, saying, "Are you a potential Cox Plate horse?" But this is what I want to a...
0: ask you. So, so just for just for the spitball, because this is what we try and give our members here. Um, wh- what's your thoughts if they decide to roll the dice?
1: Ah, oh, no questions, not a problem at all. None, zero. Well, wow. it would just get to get Cox Plate easily, easily. And you have
0: said the... that this could be the soft year of the Cox Plate too.
1: Oh, and we know we're still we're still climbing. Well, wow. there's some there's some real. Uh, I could, uh, sometimes, even me as I'm just a human like everybody else, you can have an emotional thoughts and you can get a bit carried away with yourself. So I like to always cross check myself. Yep. And there it is. I just do a cross check and say, okay, the rules are nine point two. I've discounted that severely, but what I can't discount is eight hundred splits best of the day. 1,000 splits best of the day, 1,200 best of the day, dial all the way back to the two top three. You you, you, you can't make this stuff up, Ralphie. <laughs> you just can't make it up. But it, it is what it is. It's the facts, right? And yep. I'm sitting there saying, you gave Ayrton a cold as, as well, right? Yep. Like 3.2 lengths superior over the last 400, and the horse was still travelling. And look at the sustained speed. Now, when I start seeing the sustained speed for 1,000 metres, I get pretty excited because I know that's the first ingredient you need for a Cox plate. And that's what I was looking at. I wasn't thinking anything other. I said, well, could you be the sleeper? Because I'm, look, I'm looking to see where's the sleeper. Because I was going to have some answers clarified with oh, I'm Thunderstruck about where that's going because I was 50-50 about whether you could or can't get this 2,000 metres and 1,800 was going to be a good insight. I, I give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt, just the way the race was run, lost a little bit of a length. Mr side. I, I had a higher expectation, but I can really uh, bring clarity to that in terms of flatness of what's happened there, so I, I'm confident of rebound. But then the, here's this horse who's clearly demonstrating that it's in that same class.
0: So uh, four four million first price for the Golden Eagle, <laughs> five million total price. Uh, three million for the Cox Plate. So extra million on the table. Just look at the early odds on Sportsbet. We're not aligned to anyone, but uh, he's five dollars for the Golden Eagle. He's nine dollars for the Cox Plate. Um, he's by bill So even though he's a gelding, maybe the owners. Uh, might uh, might like the uh, opportunity to try and uh, do what the starter did, and uh, that might be the 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 extra incentive there. But on a pure money basis, there's only one place you go. You put him on the float, and you take him up to Sydney.
1: Well, you know the horse can handle the wet as well. I'm not sure about heavy, but it can definitely handle slow track.
0: Yeah. Wgo at <laughs>
1: right. nine, Ruffy. What's that? Sorry. WTI nine.
0: Right, Caesar so duck, beautiful. All right. Well, that's the head roll off. So hopefully some good insights there, and we we can only underline we really appreciate your support as a group one member.